Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download The Fan app. Now we have another conversation that we're going to have with a guy that uh, works with the staff. And what now, Salfasano is with us. What is your official title with the club? Because <laughs> I, I, I'm looking around and I can't find an official title for you. Yeah, I'm just a boring old coach. I figured <laughs> he's the not. boring old catching coach, Salfasano. Yeah, you. Uh, when I first got here, we were talking about because I was going to probably do a few things. I was going to help with the schedule, organize the day. I was going to do all the lineups. Not, I mean, since Skip yeah. makes the lineup, right. I was going to, I was going to write, and then basically all the stupid logistics stuff that you do. I, I do that stuff. I right. like to do all the crap behind the scenes. The behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, and someone's got to do it, right? Yeah. And then we didn't really know analytics, so I was like the first coach they hired that had an analytical background. So then it was an easy transition to say, okay, I can be an analytics liaison. And they're like, is that an interpreter? Like, are you in the beginning? Are you seriously interpreting? Basically, trying to get the pitching guys to understand mm-hmm. all the the analytics that way. And now, so Perry Perry Manassian was here, and he's like, "Well, what title do you want? Do you want to be like a quality control?" I'm like, "No." Do you want to be like a catching pitching coordinator? No, just boring old catching coach. I'll just show up and uh, yeah. handle the analytics. When do you remember analytics first creeping into the game, and did you accept them initially? Well, I thought so. I just took a different approach to them. When I became a pitching coordinator with Toronto, we started to get this data. Oh. And we were like, okay, well, if you have an increased spin rate and you could do different things like that, we could start to create value. But what I looked at it was, what was the perfect delivery? So if you know, where was your height? Where was your side? Where was your extension? Because I always say, if you steal from Peter, Paul's got to pay. So so your fans understand. If the guy's got a seven-foot extension, that's where he releases the ball. Well, if he's six foot, he can't throw from six foot. He's going to end up having to throw from five six, Because the farther you go out, the lower your slot gets. The shorter your stride, the higher your slot gets. You guys remember Soroka, Ian uh-huh. Anderson, those guys throw from a higher slot. They're not huge striders. So... We start to try to figure out what the model was for the perfect delivery. And that's what I spent all my time was trying to understand how can I get the analytics right with the body to try to accentuate the spin mechanics. But here's what I would be nervous about. If any of it has to do with arm slot, when guys have found their slot, how much did you look at to change where it was they were actually going to come from? Because I'd be nervous about a shoulder every time that I asked a guy to maybe not do something he's done for that long. Well, yeah, you're looking, you're looking for something that's really natural. Never altered an arm slot. The only guys that would alter the slot for is if they had, uh, we had one guy that had a thoracic outlet, uh-huh. right? So that means every time he got up, he got a little impinged. And obviously he's doing something that's hurting his body. So... Let's just make some alterations to the swing and not not mess with them too much. But what you find, Chris, is as, as Nick, too. Sorry, I didn't mean exclusion. Oh, that's right. I'm here. <laughs> but I'm listening. Once your body, because like guys who throw from a high slot, their head pulls over to the left. 
you want to throw with both eyes level, shoulders level, and then your slot gets into a natural release. So you're not messing with anything. You're just putting a guy where he should be naturally. You're just fixing the torso. You're fixing, fixing the sternum, the spine, erectic spine angle, and then the head. So if you're going to evaluate somebody, and again, I'm not necessarily talking about an open tryout, but let's just use the concept of an open tryout. There's going to be 20 guys that are going to throw. How long does it take? How many pitches do you think you need to see behind the plate or wherever you want to be to go, okay, there's something there? What does it take to know that there's something there with a pitcher? Well, I, sometimes it's immediate. Like you'll see somebody for the first time and his delivery kind of flows and he's got good angle, good hip tilt, shoulder tilt. But the body secondary, once you see the ball get out of a guy's hand and it explodes, you go, oh, man, there it is. Like Chris Sale today, watching him pitch. Oh, yeah. That's just, that's just different what yeah, we saw different. today. It's unique. It's him. I mean, if you've never seen Chris before and you only saw him on TV and then you see him live, you're like, oh, yep, that's Chris Sale. Right. And it looks right. When he's 17 years old and you're trying to evaluate it, that's a little tougher. Like, being a scout is one of the toughest jobs for me. But you kind of can tell who's got the parameters that you think are going to be in a big leagues. And then the next part becomes, does he know how to get people out? Does he attack? The nibbling thing we've talked about in the past, yep. it just drives everybody crazy. But it's one thing to see the arm. That kid's got a body, his arm's touched by God. Now what can he do with it? Or what can we teach him to do with it? Well, you know, it's funny. Me and Cranny were having this talk today and he even talked to the skipper. So while Chris was throwing, he literally had this conversation. Do you think he came up throwing strikes or did he learn to throw strikes, right? So is it the chicken or is it the egg? And I always found guys who throw strikes are comfortable enough with adjustments in their delivery because they're always going to throw strikes. If a guy's never thrown strikes, now we've got we've got to work really hard to get him in the He's just got an arm. You guys got to yeah. teach him how to pitch. And that's the hard part. So to me, I always thought command over stuff, stuff will come with maturity. So, but that's me personally. The industry's different. Everybody's different. But I'm an old catcher, so I, I don't want to catch balls off the screen. I just hopefully they can come in my little surface area. Sal Fasano is here with us. Uh, saw you yesterday, and I'm sure you did it again today, working with the catchers. We've talked about this. The, the best thing about baseball is, you know, nothing's changed over the years. And once you get away from T-ball and coach pitch, you're doing drills that you're going to do should you become a major leaguer. It's all the same. And that's the beauty of this game. Yeah, I, I think that's why at 16, most kids quit baseball. Because when you start to do something right, you got to hear these words, the dirtiest words in baseball. That was good. Do it again. And the most boring drills in the world, we literally practice catching the ball every single day. And it's weird because we just have to do a boring drill, boring drill. But we have to rep it out so much. And then all of a sudden, when a guy starts to master catching the ball, you're looking at the slight little adjustments. Is his elbow too high? Is it a little bit too low? Can I get his hand in a better position? Can I move his thumb forward? So once you start doing the drills, I do the exact same drills with the big leaguers that I did with guys who were seven. How, how much more athletic are catchers today than 25, 30, 35, 40 years ago? I would say there was the good ones were always super athletic. I think if you looked at Johnny Bench, he's the most athletic guy in the field. You know, I I think now we've just in our organization in particular, when I've talked to the scouts about it, I'm looking for an athlete. I want a shortstop that's slow. By a shortstop that's slow, he can move around a little bit, I can do some fun stuff. And he's probably got an arm. Yeah. And, and he probably understands the game. And you better be able to hit. Because catching is a dime a dozen. I can get a catcher, but can I get a catcher that can hit, hit with power, do damage? That's always the hard part. And the amazing thing is you got 
probably the best catching tandem in all of baseball right now. That's why I'm the most fortunate coach in the world. And I've got the greatest GM in the world because he heard my value for that and he tried to do it. When you have a, a two running back system, you're never taking a day off behind the plate. I know I've talked to Chris about this, but Nick, if, if you have a Mercer frontline guy, he could catch 130 games right now. We play 162. What are you going to do with the other 32? You have some guy back up. He's not a frontline guy. Those are 32 games. We can't afford to lose. If I have Travis and Murph together in the first year in the system, we split time, we won 104 games. If Murph takes a higher role, your backup still Travis. It's not like you're losing anything. So every time we put a guy behind a plate, he should be a frontline guy. Travis could be a starting catcher on any team in baseball, except for maybe Baltimore. So what? And Adley Watchman, we talked about the playground scenario. If you put them all in the playground and they were all free agents. Would you take Rutschman? We said Ronald, I think. Everybody in baseball will take Ronald Acuna out of the pack. The next guy might be Adley Rutschman. Because if I get a catcher, and I think I got him for 10 years, and again, nobody knows, that guy becomes as valuable as anybody else. More valuable because he, what he does offensively and what he does to the pitching staff. So you're, I mean, Ronnie is an offensive player. He's not having to call a game. He's not having to control the running game. He's not having to do that stuff. Now, if I have a catcher that can influence all those guys so you want to go to the playground scenario i'm going to the playground and it's full of the best players in the world i'm looking for the one guy that when he plays with him he gets better and that's what if you see a catcher that can make everybody around him better that guy's the most valuable guy in the world what's the personality of most catchers because darno is certainly a little bit more talkative right now at this point in his career than murph is murph doesn't say a lot what do you think that if you're going to generalize the personality of a catcher what would it be well there's definitely some uniqueness to to it, if I if you would have saw Travis when we were together in Double A, you would have been like, he's never going to do that. But I think over the course of time and comfort and talking to media on a daily basis, playing in New York does crazy things to people. What it did was it gave Travis an opportunity to learn how to speak to the media. Travis's gift wasn't his tools; it was how he interacted on an interpersonal level with the pitchers, how he talked to them where Murph is gifted physically. He does things that nobody can do. But Travis, is, his gift is like, okay, if, if Nick's pitching today, Travis is going to get the most out of him. And when I look at Murph, Murph is so gifted behind the plate, he's going to bring that giftedness on a daily basis. Now how are we going to get him to interact with the pitchers? And he actually has a really nice relationship with it. It's not Travis's yet, but Travis is all that you know, a lot of years under his belt compared. I think you asked him yesterday how many spring trainings, or you said how many? 17? Yeah. Murph's not at that level yet. Not his fault, just time. If I was going to catch today, my gift was game calling. I can call anybody's game, but my relationships with the pitchers became first and foremost. So that's kind of how I look at whether a guy's gifted or talented. It's like when you have that, the way you talk to somebody, we can accentuate that gift, and we can work on the physical stuff. Where Murph's got the physical gift, now we can work on the interpersonal yeah, stuff. Sal is here with us. We talked to Snit about it, a former catcher himself, as you know, earlier in the week. You almost have to be like a psychologist a lot of times when you're a catcher as well. It is. I mean, you're sometimes you're a psychologist. Sometimes you know you're his best friend. Sometimes he's your worst, he's your worst enemy, and you got to punch him in the chest and get him right. Oh, and then there's. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This morning in North Carolina, 
Wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. That's the mo- I love that moment in baseball more than any other moment. It just to me lets me know that there's an engagement, and I'm trying to snap a guy out of something that it's the you're better than this. Like, isn't that really what the message is? You're better than this right now. Oh, there's no doubt. I, I used to do this little trick. Guy's rolling. I'm throwing the ball a certain way. Okay. Now all of a sudden he starts getting a little haywire because I don't want to take a trip yet. I would take that ball and throw it to him just as hard as he threw it to me, and he would catch and be like, "What?" And I'm like, "What?" Throw the ball, you know, like, and so there's sometimes you have to do that stuff. There's a lot of like psychology to it. Sometimes your dad, sometimes he's your brother, sometimes he's your worst nightmare, but you still have to interact with them. And whatever it takes to get a guy through a half inning, do it. I, I'm you got a zipper on your knee, and that's the that's okay, both knees. Sorry about that. Yeah, so that's the old fashioned one. When you were told, I don't know how old those came about. But you had to worry about career when they used to have to go in with stuff like this. Well, there's no doubt. I've had three full knee replacements. And what's the one question, Chris, that I get more than anything? Why do you teach your guys how to catch on one knee? Yeah. Okay. And then I pull up my pants and I show them my zipper, not down my pants. So <laughs> keep your mind right. Yeah, that's, that's a different area. I pull up my legs and I show them the zipper and I say, this is why I teach everybody to catch on one knee. Those guys who catch on one knee, the numbers are proving it now. They didn't believe it at first. We receive better. We block better. We throw faster than we ever have before because we're actually in an athletic position, and it's not as taxing on your body as both heels on the ground, knees shooting straight up. You're trying to keep yourself square. You're trying to be quiet. It doesn't work for health. Being on one knee, like, Watching Travis, he's 35 years old. He still moves like a kid. So do you know what most people think, though, because the one knee? This lazy. Is what, right. <laughs> and it's how can you go from lazy left or right, where most people would say, if I have both my feet square, I can go both left and right. Well, if if you would watch with your eyes and you wouldn't be so subjective to our mother, mother goose, why is everybody on one knee that looks lazy? And you see how their bodies move and how they react to balls in the dirt or how they come out of the chute. You look at it with fresh eyes and you go, wow, those guys are quick. Do you think it helps them as the season goes along too? Yeah, you're not giving away. Like you guys who never caught before don't understand. Your first two at-bats are great. Your third one, eh. Your fourth one, you're like, oh, gosh, is this game over yet? Watch my son catch travel ball, and he ran out of gas at that level, let alone this level. And for you guys who have kids, and all of a sudden, at the end of the day, and they go, Daddy, my knees hurt. Mm -hmm. That's crushing. I remember telling my mom and dad that. Do you believe it's the easiest way to the majors? Because that used to be the other thing. Teach your kid to catch because it's the (laughs) easiest way. Yeah, I think pitching is probably the easiest way because catching, there's less jobs. But it's a quick way to get to the big leagues if you can do it. Who are the best arms that you caught? Arms. Jeez. That's a that's a tough question. I caught some really good arms in my day. You talk about it. I, I don't say the guy. If you want a certain pitch, I can tell you Troy Percival probably had the best fastball I'd ever seen. Mariano Rivera had the best cutter I ever seen. You know, if I needed somebody to throw a curveball, I could take Roy Holiday, Aaron Seeley, throw that curveball up there. I'm going to get guys out. 
believe it or not, I thought CC Sabathia had one of the best changeups I've seen. Cliff Lee had one of the best changeups I've seen. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. Kevin Apier had the best slider I ever saw. Who's the best game manager on the mound? <sighs> Man, I always say if I had two games to win, not one. If I had two games to win and I had a righty and a lefty, I would have Roy Holiday for one and CC Sabathia on the other. What like personality they owned command they everything that you want when a guy walks out to the mound oh it was their game yeah it was their game i'll tell you a story about holiday we were in toronto i'm catching him and he's scuffling and we go i go to the mound and you know you're giving a little tap on the butt and you're like come on buddy you know we'll get through this and then the pitching coach came out and it was not that i'm calling out brad harnsberg but he comes out there and he's like all right doc i'm just out here giving you a blow and doc looks at him stone faced and goes what do you got for me and Brad didn't have an answer. And he goes, get the F off of my mound. If you don't have anything to tell me, get off my freaking mound. Got off the mound, went, got the guys out. And I don't know if Brad knew what he was doing or not, but he pissed him off enough, sorry. But he made him so mad. Yeah, sometimes that's, that's all yeah. it needs. And that's yeah. what it is. His story is incredible when you talk about where he went to. Yes. He went down to A-ball. Mm-hmm. He went down to A-ball. Mel Queen. That's right. So you find a guy who can communicate with you. Isn't that the key for a lot of these guys? Who can talk to me in a language that I understand? Yeah, I, th- I think when you, if I asked you guys who your favorite coaches were, you're going to tell me a name, and it's never because of the information they gave you. It was because how they made you feel. Sometimes the best hitting coaches in the world suck mechanically, but they put you in a mindset where you rake, you know, you feel good, and that's kind of what you realize is your relationship is way more important than the information you're giving them. What was the first time you saw Mariano? Uh, How established was he? I'm trying to think. Oh, he was, he was, was 98? No, I was tw- 2004 and 2006. So what's it like there. to know you're, you're, you're behind the plate for the greatest one-pitch guy in the history of the game? He's the greatest one pitch He threw three, believe it or not. He actually, by the time I got him, he started throwing a sinker. But when you go to Yankee Stadium and you're sitting there behind home plate or you're getting to the mound waiting for him to come in, and all of a sudden they start playing enter Sandman, <laughs> and, you know, there's 50,000 people there. And it depends where you're at during the year. It might be 60 if they could climb in there. And all of a sudden you hear that music and the place got electric. And if you don't get chills doing that, you're in the wrong sport. Because that was something special. And I was so happy that I had that opportunity to do that, to be a part of his career for just a little time. Salfasana with us for a couple of more minutes. So let's take New York and Philadelphia out of the mix. Um, best little Italy in the cities you caught? The places that I caught? I mean, you know I'm partial to Chicago because that's where I'm from. Yeah. Baltimore sneaky. Really sneaky. It's interesting. You know? It's a good term, by the way. I know exactly what you mean without knowing exactly what you mean. (laughs) I get it. I like that word. Or if you want a nice cannoli, you know, you want some desserts, you go to Boston. Boston's got great stuff. Now, if you're on the West Coast, to me, there's only one place, and that's San Francisco. But San Francisco can be a little scary now. You go to the pier. You can get all the good Italian food you want. Did you ever make it into Brooklyn when you're staying in Manhattan with team, or did you? Because Brooklyn is the land of, you know, yeah. if you want dessert, cannoli, and there are bakeries there. They're... Yeah, I didn't get a chance to get out there. No. I wish I would have. I, you know, I have family in the Bronx, so we pretty much stayed right there in the Bronx, and you could get as much Italian food as you want. Plus, it was my family was there, so we're going to eat at their house. So How's the us down here for it? You know, I'm so tired, Nick. I, I can't even. You told me this the other I day. I can't even go out. Dude, I was asleep at 7.30. Wow. I get up at 4. I'm the first one here, which I kind of like being. And I, 
I'm all baseball right now. I don't even think about like Eddie Perez talks about restaurant. Oh, you got to try this place. Uh, okay, maybe I'll try it. I don't got time to try it. I get in that thing and I'm like a vegetable. I just want to sit. Down. How's your space? How's your workspace here? Tremendous. Yeah, because that's the other part when you're going to be doing a lot of paperwork, especially yeah. down here. It's kind of nice now to have oh, a little yeah. bit of room. Yeah, I've got plenty of room. Uh, the coaches' conference room. <laughs> Mike, the done the guy who runs the facility, the coaches area is so sweet. I have so much room. I've got a printer right next to me. The coffee machine's right. This place there. is a godsend compared to where you were. Oh, the places that we've been, this place is the mecca of baseball, in hey, my opinion. Uh, if somebody uh, sort of denounces uh, deep dish pizza, what, like what's your whole? Well, my first question is: Okay, you don't like deep dish? Where are you from? Now, if they say New York, I'm like, uh. Now, if you tell me you're from, you're from, uh, you're from Wisconsin and you don't like it, I'm like, what's wrong with you? You tell me you're from Montana, I'm like, dude, you got to try it. <laughs> you know, if so, New York is the one that you just go. I, I get it. Okay, I get it. All right. And if you want pizza and it's Napolitano, how are you going to be mad? You know, it's a nice, cr- <laughs> nice right. crust. You know, and it's not oversauced because people always oversauce. The only problem I have with deep dish is when they use the stewed tomatoes and there's too much. Yeah, you know, it's like you're eating soup. I can't deal with yeah. it. Yeah, it's a lot. It's too much. Plus, you can only eat like two pieces, and then you get the achita. You know, you don't want to get any achita. No one needs that in their lives. That's heartburn, folks. Yeah, sorry. For you not Italians out there. <laughs> Sal, it's great to see you. Go get some rest. I know you're working your tail off down By there. By the way, what's the design? I like the shirt. So what is, is this a, oh, you this have to was, be a catcher? This was our catcher this design. This is the club. I yeah. like it. So, yeah. every- so the A is always the focal point. Oh. All right. These are the routes we make with our glove, and we try to create angles to make the ball look good. Uh, it almost looks like a marble thing, like marble. Uh, you know what? I, believe it or not, I got it from a video game. It was Assassin's Creed, and they had an, an A that looked like an old-school compass. But I was like, Insung, Insung is our designer, graphic designer. So he did the City Connects. He's done everything. We talked about something, and oh, I guess we're on camera. But this thing was like, this was his baby and my baby all together. And I actually, I love this thing, man. I yeah. think it's nice. And you got to hand it out to the right people. Only certain people, I'm sure, get that. It's only a few people that get this shirt. <laughs> not you're not one of people. You're not one of them, Domino. <laughs> Sal, great to see you. Thanks for coming up. And like we said, uh, get some rest. No, guys, Thanks, thank Sal. you so we'll, much we'll for We'll talk to you up north. I appreciate it. The great Sal Fasano with us here on Domino and Cellini. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune in to 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.
Hey, Alana, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today, accentroofingservice.com. 